listening to Music One from Tetris on the NES, released in 1999, arranged by Hirokazu Hip Tanaka, and composed by Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. BG Maniacs, welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I am your host, Bed Roth, and this week it's my turn to fly solo, as I put together a sort of sister episode to Brian's solo show a couple of weeks ago. Real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a rating and a review to help our visibility in terms of search results. Remember, we're on Patreon now as well, patreon.com slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple of bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexak and Zanku. You'll remember that a couple of weeks ago, Brian put together an episode he'd been wanting to do for a while about licensed music used expertly in games. If you don't remember, go check it out. It's really good. I was unfortunately unable to join him, and this week we were again unable to align our schedules, so I mentioned to Brian that I'd also had an idea I'd been wanting to put together for a while about classical music used expertly in games. I've loved classical music since I studied it in college, so I was really excited to dive deeper into its representation in video games. He was all for it, so here we are. Never fear, though. The two of us will be back together next week. The opening track you heard is probably the first example of classical music used in games that I encountered personally. Most people think of the Russian folk tune Korobainiki when they think of Tetris. But my first experience with the game was on the NES, where Music 1 is actually an arrangement of one of the most famous pieces of classical music, The Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, from the Nutcracker Ballet, composed by the Russian composer Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky in 1892. Music like this is all over gaming, from its earliest days on the NES in lesser-known titles like Tetra Star, Crash and the Boys Street Challenge, and The Adventures of Captain Comic, to more modern games like Catherine, Eternal Sonata, and Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance, which was based largely on Disney's Fantasia, which, of course, heavily features the work of classical composers. It's also featured as diegetic music, that is, music that actually exists in the game world, in series like Fallout and Grand Theft Auto. More than that, if it weren't for the influence of what is commonly called classical music on modern composers, the landscape of video game music would be vastly different from what it is today. Classical music generally refers to the formal musical tradition of the Western world, considered to be distinct from Western folk music or popular music traditions. In addition to formality, classical music is also characterized by complexity in its musical form, particularly with the use of polyphony, which is a technique where the composer uses more than one line of melody at the same time. We're not going to get too deep in the weeds on this episode, but I will mention that classical music is something of an umbrella term for several musical periods, which grew out of medieval and renaissance music, specifically sacred music, but not necessarily exclusively church music. This is typically identified as beginning toward the end of the European Renaissance. What was considered formal music had started to be standardized and to utilize more various musical instruments. To make matters even more confusing, one of these musical periods is actually called the Classical Period, but that's not the only one considered to be classical music. Tchaikovsky, for example, composed during what is called the Romantic Period. 
You'll also have composers, which we'll talk about as we go on, which sort of straddle different periods in this uh, overall classical era. We'll talk a little more about this stuff as we go on, but for now, let's go ahead and get into our first block of music. First up, from Gakujo Parodius, Kako no Aiku wo Motomete, we have Run Run Run. This was released in 1994 and was arranged by Kazuhiro Sino. It was composed by Giacchino Antonio Rossini. Next up, we have Just Dig from Lemmings on the Super NES, released in 1992, arranged by Tomomi Hatakeyama, and composed by Jacques Offenbach. Finally, in this first block, we have Turkish March from Donkey Konga, released in 2003, arranged by Junko Ozawa, and composed by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart.
So coming back, first we're talking about Run 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 from Gokujo Parodius. Parodius is a series well known for borrowing music from a variety of sources, going all the way back to the first title on the MSX, Parodius, The Octopus Saves the Earth, in 1988. Gokujo Parodius, known internationally as Fantastic Journey, continues the tradition, featuring the work of Mozart, Wagner, Strauss, and other classical composers. The tune I chose to use is Run, 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 an arrangement of another very famous classical work commonly referred to simply as the William Tell Overture, or, more popularly, the theme of the Lone Ranger. It was composed by the Italian composer Giacchino Antonio Rossini. And I will just say now that uh, if I mispronounce any of these names, whether they're Japanese or European, um, don't come at me. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Rossini composed during the Classical period. His operas continued to be popular well into the 20th century, two of which were famously adapted into Bugs Bunny cartoons. First, The Rabbit of Seville, based on the opera The Barber of Seville, and Long-Haired Hare, based on the aria Largo al Factotum. Seriously, go check out those episodes for a little bit of nostalgia if you grew up with Looney Tunes, and also some more great examples of the composer's work. Next up, Lemmings is another series well-known for adapting classical music. I almost included the SNES versions or rendition of Mozart's Rondo alla Turca, or Turkish March, which is one of my favorite pieces of music ever, but fortunately I was able to find that in another game, so I could feature the real star of Lemmings' soundtrack, Just Dig. This is based on yet another classical piece that is ubiquitous in popular culture, the Gallop Infernal, or Infernal Gallop. This is known more popularly by the name of the dance for which it was written, the Can-Can. The Can-Can was a saucy dance that was popular in France in the 1840s. Uh, so saucy, in fact, that there are rumors that some people were actually arrested for dancing the Can-Can. When Jacques Offenbach, a German-born French composer of the Romantic period, was putting together his comic opera Orpheus in the Underworld, based on the Greek myth where Orpheus has to go to the underworld to rescue his beloved. When Offenbach was composing this opera in 1858, as I was saying, he wrote this over-the-top, super-fun romp of a tune, which became so popular that at the end of the century, the famous Paris cabarets, the Folie Bergère and the Moulin Rouge, adapted the Gallop Infernal as the official accompaniment of the Can-Can. And that is the name by which it is commonly known to this day. And rounding out this block is, again, one of my favorite pieces of not just classical music, but music in general, Mozart's Turkish Rondo, the third portion of his piano sonata, number 11, composed in 1783. I was super stoked to find an example of this piece in a game whose soundtrack I'd been meaning to spend some more time with anyway, Donkey Konga. Uh, for anyone who is not familiar with this game, uh, this is the one for the GameCube where you played or you could play, using a special peripheral pair of bongos, or congas, which, uh, not bongos, those are the bigger drums, sorry percussionists out there, using a special pair of congas that you plugged into the GameCube and used to follow the beat, so it was a rhythm game. This is unlike anything else in Donkey Konga, and I can only imagine what it must have been like trying to beat the congas along with it back in those GameCube days. It was around that same time that I was adapting the piece for a duet on marimba and xylophone for one of my college music courses, which is probably why I'm still so fond of it to this day. Mozart is one of the first names that comes to mind for a lot of people when they think of classical music, and this isn't the only time he'll appear on the playlist. So, for now, I'll leave it at that, and we'll move on to our next block of tunes. First up, we have Pockle Bell's Canon from Anesan, released in 1995, arranged by Koji Hayama, and composed by Johann Pockelbell.
Next is Bonus Gallery from regular show Mordecai and Rigby in 8-Bit Land. Released in 2013, arranged by Jake Kaufman, and composed by Rodolfo Luigi Bacciarini. And finally, we have Frantic Factory, or Action Type B, from Yoshi's Cookie on the SNES, released in 1993, arranged by Kira Sato, Nobuyuki Ikuta, or Noriko Nishizaka, and composed by Herman Neck. Johann Pachelbel is one of two famous Johanns of the Baroque period, the earliest period of what is commonly called classical music, the other being some guy named Bach. Seriously though, Pachelbel was a big deal and had either a direct or indirect influence on the composers who came after him. His Canon in D, adapted here for the Japan-only Lifesim slash Beat-Em-Up PC Engine CD game, Anesan, was purportedly written for the wedding of Bach's oldest brother, a pupil of Pachelbel's, in 1694. This piece gained some notoriety during the 1970s and 80s and became a popular choice for use in weddings, rivaling Wagner's famous bridal chorus. It's one of those tunes that, when you hear it, you know that you've heard it somewhere before, although you may not necessarily be able to place where. Anesan was, again, a Japanese-only beat-em-up featuring some girls, sometimes scantily clad, who 
you just have to look it up. I, I really can't do it justice describing it here. Uh, seriously, it seems like a really wild game, and I have no idea what this song is doing there. <laughs> but next up, we have an adaptation by one of my favorite composers, Jake Kaufman, in yet another perhaps unlikely place for a nice classical tune. A game based on the, I believe, Adult Swim show, regular show. Kaufman really knows what he's doing with this clean, Shovel Knight-esque minimalist take on Minuetto, or String Quintet in E Major, Opus 11, Number 5. These composers didn't really have, you know, commercially friendly names, but, uh, you know, they wrote a lot of stuff, so they had to codify it. (laughs) This was written by the Italian classical composer Ridolfo Luigi Boccherini in 1771. It's actually been used quite a bit in different media representing the sort of aristocratic class of uh, different countries in Europe and also in the U.S. around the time of the American Revolution. So I guess they weren't the U.S. quite yet, but pretty soon to be. Boccherini's name may not be as well known as some of the other composers on this list, but this little minuet, often called the celebrated minuet, is probably the most famous example of its form. Finally, probably the most obscure track from today's playlist, at least the first half of it, is Chico's Post. This was published in 1895 as part of Hermann Neck's Opus 286, Sounds from Hungary. Here, of course, it is used in Yoshi's Cookie, where it was called Frantic Factory. There's also an example of this on the NES, but I didn't have a whole lot of SNES on this episode, and so I decided to use that version instead. Both of them, though, are really pretty good, and I would definitely encourage you to go check out the soundtracks to both these games. Neck was a German composer of the Romantic period. In the inverse of Boccherini's Minuet, which didn't gain much popularity until after its creator's death, Neck's work was very popular during his lifetime, but has since faded into some obscurity. Not unlike Yoshi's Cookie, actually. Both could really stand a little more appreciation. Yoshi's Cookie is a fun, unique little puzzle game that has, for some reason, not been available on any Nintendo platform since the closing of the Wii eShop. Why Nintendo has been adding, well, some of the stuff they've been putting on SNES Online on the Switch, and not something like this, I don't really know. While this track is a bit more intense than A Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, classical music does seem like a great fit for puzzle games, but outside of Tetris, it's surprisingly little utilized. But that brings us to our next block of music, which features much more well-known pieces by some of the most famous composers in history. First up, we have Palace of Gods from Battle of Olympus, released in 1989, arranged by Kazuo Sawa, and composed by Johann Sebastian Bach. we have the docking sequence from Elite on the Commodore 64, released in 1984, arranged by Aidan Bell and Julie Dunn, and composed by Johann Baptist Strauss II. 
And finally, in this block, we have the Moonlight Sonata from Resident Evil, specifically the version from RE1 Remake, released in 2002, arranged by Shusaku Uchiyama, Makoto Tomazawa, or Misao Senbongi, and composed by Ludwig von Beethoven. Battle of Olympus came out in 1988 on the NES. As the name implies, it is based heavily on Greek mythology, and in it, Orpheus, 
who is getting a good share of the attention in this episode, has to embark on an action role-playing adventure through ancient Greece to rescue his girlfriend, Helene, from Hades, the lord of the underworld and god of the dead. The game itself is not nearly as famous or impressive as the song we're hearing from it. The impressive and seminal Toccata and Fugue in D minor, composed in the early 1700s by the equally impressive and seminal Johann Sebastian Bach. Fittingly, this theme plays in the throne room of the Greek pantheon of gods. The German composer was a titan of the Baroque period and classical music in general, and was named the greatest composer of all time in a poll conducted among 174 living composers by BBC Music Magazine. That pretty much speaks for itself, and Bach will be making another appearance in our next set, so we'll go ahead and move on. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Next, talking about the docking sequence from Elite, we are, of course, actually talking about the Blue Danube. This is one of the most famous waltzes in history. Composed in 1866 by the Austrian Romantic composer Johann Strauss, it has been one of the most consistently popular pieces of classical music since its composition. Despite its initially somewhat mild success and Strauss's own dissatisfaction with it, particularly its coda, but when Strauss's own daughter once asked her father's contemporary, Johannes Brahms, to sign an autograph for her, he wrote down the first bars of the Blue Danube and signed it, unfortunately not, by Johannes Brahms. In modern pop culture, the pieces appeared in everything from Daffy Duck cartoons to the Netflix 2021 hit Squid Game, and perhaps most famously in Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey where it plays during the docking sequence, which was a direct influence on its use in this game. Once again, this is the Commodore 64 version of Elite, making it the oldest arrangement featured on the show today. Elite came out originally on the BBC Micro and Acorn Electron in 1984, before being ported to virtually every home computer system that was around at the time. Elite is a spaceflight simulator that was hugely influential, spawning not only a number of sequels, the most recent of which, Elite Dangerous, released in 2014, but influenced other games, including Wing Commander, Grand Theft Auto, the X series, and No Man's Sky, among others. Strauss is often overshadowed by other more famous composers, as Elite is often overshadowed by more famous games. Both are more than deserving of some more attention. Rounding out this block is another immensely famous piece, and one that has appeared in more video games than perhaps any other classical song besides Mussorgsky's Night on Bald Mountain. Night on Bald Mountain served as most of the music in the level What the Heck from Earthworm Jim. But that's not the song we're talking about. Popularly known as the Moonlight Sonata, composed by the man whose name is synonymous with classical music, Ludwig van Beethoven. The Piano Sonata No. 14 also featured in the Earthworm Jim series, but here it serves as a poignant story moment in the remake of the first game in the storied Resident Evil series. I have never played this game, so it would be disingenuous of me to talk about how important this scene is from my personal experience, but the online boards I looked at in my research for this episode seem to indicate that it is quite special, especially in the remake. The song itself, composed by the German classical romantic composer in 1801, was a popular favorite even in Beethoven's time, and has endured more than all but a handful of the composer's other works. It was dedicated to his pupil, the Countess Giulietta Guicciardi, who was the object of Beethoven's affection, but was out of his reach due to class differences. A touching story behind a touching song featured in a touching moment of the most famous horror franchise in gaming. Also, I mean, the man has a coupling named after him. What else need be said? But that is going to bring us to our final block of tracks. Starting with Germany's stage, 
Wolfgang Krauser's theme from Fatal Fury 2 on the Neo Geo, released in 1992, arranged by Toshio Shimizu, and composed by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Next is Ave Maria from Hitman Blood Money, released in 2006, arranged by Jesper Kidd, performed by Daniel Parrott of the Zurich Boys Choir, and composed by Franz Peter Schubert.
And rounding out our last block, we have Ji Sinjo no Aria number five. From Ji Sinjo no Mao, or The Devil on G String, released in 2009, arranged by Chico Mu, and composed by Johann Sebastian Bach. Rounding out our show, the first song in our final block is another by Mozart, my personal favorite classical composer, and with maybe the most badass name of any composer ever. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart was a prodigy, achieving fame as a pianist while still in his teens and leaving behind an impressive body of work upon his death at the heartbreakingly early age of 35. Requiem in D minor, Dies Irae, is part of Mozart's final work, which was to be his greatest work at the time of its composition. It was begun the year of his death, 1791, and has been completed actually several times throughout music history. It was the last thing he composed, and the tragic opulence of the Dies Irae, literally translated as the Day of Wrath, is a fitting paean to the universe that took its composer too soon. The Requiem was written, fittingly, as a Requiem Mass, which is a liturgical rite for the deceased in the Catholic Church. I don't have any experience with the stages this particular arrangement was featured on in either Fatal Fury 2 or King of Fighters 96, but this snippet from the SNK wiki entry about Wolfgang Krauser, whose stage the theme plays on, sums up the song's appropriateness to its setting. The wiki reads, Krauser may be seen as cruel and corrupt, but he is also a refined nobleman who proudly represents his family's ancient foundations in Europe. He thinks himself to be an enigmatic genius like Mozart and views his fights as prized masterpieces. Therefore, he seeks to only fight strong opponents. Krauser considers trickery and opponents weaker than him a waste of his time and talents. Our only vocal-centric track of the episode, popularly known as the Ave Maria, is Opus 52, number 6, Ellen's Dritter Gesang, literally Ellen's Third Song, by the Austrian classical romantic composer Franz Peter Schubert. This was originally part of the seven-song cycle Fraulein am See, based on Walter Scott's The Lady of the Lake. The original lyrics were a German translation of the English poem, but they are now commonly replaced by the full text of the traditional Roman Catholic prayer, Hail Mary, or Ave Maria. 
It might seem odd for sacred text and a slow, darkly beautiful melody to accompany a game about killing, but according to the fan pages I read, it works. I know even less about the Hitman games than I do about Resident Evil, so I'll stop there, but I do want to mention a funny incident of the Mandela effect I stumbled across in my research. A good portion of the internet seems to remember a massacre scene from one of the Godfather movies, during which Ave Maria is played over slow-motion, otherwise silent, violent death scenes. I myself was reminded of this scene while reading the comments, only the scene doesn't exist. The closest ones that do are parodies from Modern Family and Gravity Falls. Weird, huh? Shout out once again to the young Daniel Perret of the Zurich Boys Choir, who perform vocals for Jesper Kidd's faithful, restrained rendition. And finally, we have our second song by Bach, the most appropriately named song in this showcase. Air on the G-string from the second movement of Orchestral Suite No. 3 in D major. This song is recognizable, but it doesn't have the same star power as most of the rest of this playlist. It's beautiful, but that's not the main reason I chose it. I actually subbed it in at the last minute, replacing Ride of the Valkyries from Richard Wagner's Ring of the Nibelung Saga. So how do I justify excluding Wagner from a show about classical music, especially one of his most famous works? Hell, one of the most recognizable pieces of classical music ever. From an opera that would have given me the excuse to talk about The Lord of the Rings? Well, I mean, come on. The song is Air on the G-String, and it's from a game called The Devil on G-String. I mean... Come on. <laughs> All I know about this game is what I read when I discovered it while searching for examples of classical music in video games. It's a Japanese-only adult visual novel with an interactive branching plotline and multiple scenarios. The title actually comes from the name of Bach's Aria. Most of the game's soundtrack is made up of classical music renditions arranged by the artist Chico Mew. One really cool aspect of the game is that it includes a feature to show the arranged soundtrack playing alongside the original classical piece, in order to spread an appreciation for the original works. It also includes several variations on each song, hence this version being number 5. That makes this a fitting track to end our blocks, since that's also my purpose in putting this episode together. But that is unfortunately going to do it for the show this week. A little bit shorter, kind of like Brian's showcase of popular music, uh, or licensed music used expertly in games. But don't worry, we'll be back to our full-length shows starting next time with our next Composer Focus. Thanks for sticking with me and listening to another episode of BG Mania, made possible by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us and want to help grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. And if you like this episode, I strongly encourage you to go and seek out more work by these composers and their contemporaries. It's all public domain, and there are endless performances and arrangements, including some really great 8-bit renditions on YouTube and various streaming music providers. I want to give a particular shout-out to 8-bit classical arrangers Chips and Cellos on YouTube who specialize in doing Mega Man 8-bit style remixes of lots of different music, but they have a couple of arcs specifically dedicated to classical composers. It's really, really cool stuff. Chips and Cellos. Go check it out. Taking us out of this episode, we're going to be taking a listen to the Planets Suite, Mars and Jupiter, from Catherine, released in 2011, arranged by Shoji Maguro, and composed by Gustav Theodor Holst. While Mozart is my favorite classical composer, The Planet Suite by the English late romantic composer Gustav Holst is my favorite classical musical work. Jupiter is the best, but the whole suite is really fantastic and hugely influential on film and game music. I hope you enjoy it, and, as always, keep the music playing and keep it loud.